On this episode, California, Texas barbecue, fame, road trips, and negative YouTube comments. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. Your hosts, Severia Tilden, Jeff Hester, and Jason Fitzpatrick. Welcome to the Almost There Adventure Podcast. I'm super stoked today to have a good friend of mine, Josh McNair from California Through My Lens, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You've got a bunch of different little irons in the fire, different websites and YouTube channels and good stuff going on. So uh, Josh and I, uh, we knew each other from way, way, way back. Gosh, like twenty I don't know, 2011 or something it's like that. It's been a while. That's that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, we, one of the things that adventures we had together is we climbed Mount Shasta together in 2018. Oh man, that was a, that was an experience. That's one I'll never forget. Jeff and my wife were just charging up the mountain and I was definitely uh, in the back huffing and puffing. Trying and taking to catch photos. Up to you, you were taking photos. That's yeah. the excuse, right? Like you, <laughs> yeah. whenever you need to take a breath, you just take out the camera and you've got an instant excuse for pausing. That's my so, pro tip for any hiker out there who's not ready. You just have a camera because no one can tell you that camera. you're tired if you're just capturing good content, you know? And you just go, oh, wow, look at this view. I got to capture this. Hang on a second. <laughs> <laughs> pro well, tip Josh, to it i mean for jeff is that uh, i actually started like when i was back in the day starting hiking i i found jeff's blog and he was doing the six pack of peaks this was back like probably like 15 years ago and me and my buddy were about to climb mount whitney and we're like let's do the six pack of peaks and that's right and so I, I, that's i've known right. jeff forgot before we that. were even friends <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome so well josh uh welcome to the show welcome to the almost there adventure podcast um, Thanks for having maybe me. Maybe introduce yourself. Talk a little bit about like what you do, because like we, you know, you've got this great site that you know focuses on travel around California. You've done a lot of other adventures outside of California. Maybe just talk a little bit about what you're up to. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, thanks for having me. Um, I I don't even know what it is that I do anymore. I started with the California travel blog. I was doing marketing full time, and I was kind of trying to find my place. Um, something I could do as like a, a side hustle. And so I decided I was going to travel the world and quickly realized I didn't have the, the money or time to do that. And so I'm like, well, I'll just, I'll travel California, you know, I can do that on the weekends and um, see as much of the state as I possibly can. And then three or four years later, I was able to get enough traction that I was able to go full time, just um, traveling California and writing about the state. So road trips, all that, you know, hiking, food, whatever, all that kind of stuff. And then, um, Probably three or four years ago, I started getting into YouTube and then basically YouTube just takes all your time when you're doing it. So now I have uh, two YouTube channels, one for California travels and adventures, and then second one for just basically everything else that I do outside of California. So that's that's me now. I'm, a vi I'm basically a YouTuber because I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> what does that look like? I mean, like, so you do, uh, uh, give us an example of one of the like trips you took recently and then you know talk about what that was like you know was it a, a weekend thing a week-long thing 
And then, and then when you get back or like, are you creating YouTube content like on the way or do you do that? Like do all the editing and stuff when you get back, how does that all work? What does it look like? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I have two channels, which I would never recommend anyone do because trying to feed the content machine for two channels is not very fun, but, um, that's the, that's the world I'm in now. And so, uh, the most recent thing I did for California was two days ago, me and a buddy, I'd always wanted to kind of hike across Griffith park. And so, um, originally I had planned to start at like wisdom tree and then go across to the observatory. But then I found online that you could do like 12 peaks, um, basically across Griffith park. And so I did that, um, like two days ago. That was awesome. So that was something I did for the California channel. And then, um, recently for the other channel, I do basically these quarterly trips with my dad where we'll like head out somewhere, um, for like two weeks. And so the most recent one we did was Texas. We, we were in Texas for, I was in Texas for 17 days, um, traveling all around. We went Dallas, Houston, Fort Worth, San Antonio, Austin, Texas Hill Country, um, basically sh just doing this full kind of ultimate road trip through Texas and then kind of telling the story of like Texas barbecue kind of in between. So we hit, you know, eight of the top 10 Texas barbecue places and um, did just a whole bunch of crazy stuff. And then, Usually those road trips end up being, you know, one to two hour long videos on YouTube um, and people just love that content. Like we've got so, so much um, connection and community through these road trips that I've been doing with my dad, which has allowed me to kind of do that with him more often, create these memories. And this is kind of our 10th or, or so road trip, I think, that we've done. And I mean, I, every single road trip we've done has like over a million views. So they really resonate with, with people and stuff. And it's been awesome. Oh, that's fantastic. That's great. So what it burnt ends, brisket, sausage, chicken, what what are we talking here on this Texas bar Texas bar? Yeah, we, we did the holy trinity, which they call was uh, brisket, pork pork ribs and um, the house sausage. So we did those three and then, you know, obviously whatever uh, specialty the place had, we kinda threw those in. And I, I made the mistake in the very beginning of first time I'm a newbie to the Texas scene. I'm standing in line for this place that's super popular and they come up and they're like, you want a beef rib? And I'm like, absolutely. I want a beef rib. They throw this thing down. That's like, looks like it came from a dinosaur. And then I'm getting my total and they're like hundred dollars. So I'm like hundred dollars. Like, what did I, what did I buy? And they're like, well, that beef rib was like $62. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> so luckily that was the first day and we didn't order any beef ribs after that. It was incredible, but you know, Sixty dollars is, is a lot for a, oh a barbecue. Yeah. Do you have a favorite? Did you have a favorite place? Not to get you, you know, on the death, you know, hit list for any specific, you know, barbecue place in Texas. But did you have a favorite that you went to? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean, we kind of we kind of defined it as like middle tier and then like top tier. And like middle tier is better than like anything we would have in in California, which is basically most of Texas barbecue. But the kind of top tier ones, you got Goldie's, which is probably our number one. You got Franklin, which most people know about in, in Austin. Austin. Yeah. Yeah. You got Snows, which they made a Netflix chef table special on. It's like so popular. Um, so those are kind of like the three that, that were at the top for us. But I mean, everything was, was it epic. Nice. <laughs> well, it's really so, cool that you're able to do these trips with your dad, too. I mean, that it, like a, a kind of a father son you know, bonding, memory building experience, right? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, we had, uh, we, it all ca happened because we decided we wanted to drive Route 66. We had talked about it for like my whole life, like we're going to drive Route 66 one time and just happened to have time 
probably six, five or six years ago where we had a couple weeks. And so we're like, okay, we're going to do it. So we did route 66 and started making videos on it for like the individual States and stuff. And they were doing pretty well. And I was done basically creating content. Um, and my dad's like, you got to put them all together into one video. And I'm like, no one is going to watch that. Like literally no one. He's like, well, this is the only time in your life you're going to make a full length video, you know, basically just because of the time. And so I took all the state videos and I put them into one and um that was right like right around the time of the pandemic and it ended up being like two hours but you know people had time to kill during the pandemic and so that video just sky skyrocketed my channel and basically we fell into doing these road trips together um through that so it was basically my dad forcing me to make a two-hour video and now i get to explore the the world with him and you know he's a hiker now because he you know tries to hike his local mountains so he can stay in shape so we can do hikes when we go on our trip and stuff, you know, so it's, it's, uh, broadened, um, um, both of our lives made both of our lives better through these, these experiences. Nice. And are you, you are, you were in LA, I know at one time, are you still based in Los Angeles or Southern California? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Mm-hmm. Nice. Makes it easy to, uh, to get into, I don't live in LA, but yeah. I'm close enough that I can get in and I can get out. <laughs> <laughs> Smart. So for the road trips, who really drives the, where you're going? Does your dad come up with the ideas or do you, or is it collaboration? Who's, who's literally driving the bus on this one? <laughs> oh yeah. My dad would just say that he basically just shows up. He does, I don't think he knows what we're doing half the time. He knows the area we're going to, but you know, that's basically it. It's kind of like, are we hiking today? Do I need to bring my hiking boots on this trip? You know, um, so one of the things since I've been doing this for so, so long doing the travel thing that, I mean, I planning is basically the only reason why um, my content does well, because if, you know, I can plan something well, then obviously then if you could plan it better, then you wouldn't be looking for like an itinerary online, you know? So, um, I've been, I've been doing it for so long and I I can plan. And my dad, he just, he just shows up and he eats barbecue and, you know, he knows he gets recognized by people now. (laughs) He's like a little YouTube celebrity. So, and you started off just as a blog before YouTube, right? Am I not mistaken on that? Yeah. Like you started off as a blog and then evolved into, uh, the YouTube thing. Now you still, do much on the blog. I know blogging isn't quite what it was, you know, 15, 20 years ago, but uh, do you still do much on the blog or is it more of like just a portal to kind of get people into the video content? Yeah, no, I still, I still do the blog too. Um, I still enjoy, I really enjoy taking pictures. I was never good at writing, but the writing was a necessary evil for taking pictures. And so mm-hmm. I still love photography and yeah. um so I'll still post there. I, not as often. I used to post two or three times a week. Now I probably post like, three or four times a month. Um, but I do still post there. Yeah. Well, I remember, uh, you, um, I know you sell your, I don't know if you're still selling it, but I remember we did the switchback showcase and you, um, you had a photography booth there selling your stuff. I don't know. Are you still doing that as well? Are you still selling your photography or trying to keep that going? Or are you just kind of doing the content more? Yeah, I have a, I have like a, a, a storefront for that, that I basically don't really maintain very well. I mean, it's like crazy how much time, creating content for YouTube takes, <laughs> as yeah. you know, you're, you're a filmmaker too. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call myself a filmmaker. I'm, you know, the low end of that. You're a, a real filmmaker, but you understand yeah. how long yeah. the video process takes. So. I'm blushing. We don't do video. Everybody's blushing. Yeah. No, no. I mean, that's, uh, you know what you, you make stuff and people watch it. That's all that matters. So you're a filmmaker. Don't, don't sell yourself short. <laughs> I mean, like I, I still look up to that, that piece 
piece that you guys made that mile mile and a half it's like oh, that to me that's so like much. the pinnacle of wow. of hiking videos i mean that that mm -hmm. thing was incredible if oh, anybody who's so. listening to that hasn't watched this go go watch that go to go to what amazon prime and, and watch yeah, it now it is free on prime so yeah it's still yeah. out there i get like a penny if you watch it on prime so that's, <laughs> hey, there you go so watch, watch it a hundred times. times yeah <laughs> i think i've probably watched it a hundred times myself yeah it's yeah, every single family member of mine i've sat them down and made them watch it and they've mm -hmm. all enjoyed it even though you know like they're not avid hikers or whatever it's like a great story and just, you know, a great way to kind of experience something that I've done the John Muir Trail. So that's I think that was the last video I ever owned on DVD too. I think I picked <laughs> up the DVD and I don't think I bought another DVD since then. So you have yeah. the you'll be the last DVD I ever owned. The, the funny thing with that was we were debating whether or not to even make a DVD, you know, because this is uh, 2012, you know, 2011, 2012. And we're like, no one watches DVDs anymore. Should we do it? And we're like, you know, we'll just make like 500, you know. And I don't know the exact number, but we probably sold somewhere between five and 10,000 of those. And it was kind of one of our most like, you know, you, you know, you, when you make movies and you distribute kind of in a more traditional fashion, it's, it's, you know, you're looking at, you have a whole bunch of different revenue streams, right? And in a way, it, it was one of our most lucrative because like everywhere else, someone took a cut, right? Like if you watch it on streaming, any one of those services you watch it streaming is, you know, taking a cut of it, but the DVD was just us for the most part. And we were just sending them out, you know, and it was like, like 90 plus percent of that was like, you know, all came to us. So that was kind of a, a great thing, you know? Um, that's kind of why I always say if you, if you like a band, you like an author, you like, you know, you're a fan of those people like, Hey, order that stuff from them. Cause that, that's how they, you know, that helps them more. You know what I mean? They get most of that money instead of if you go through like a, you know, retail or you go through, you know, a record Amazon. store or Amazon yeah. or whatever, you know, you know, who knows, you know, it's varying levels of a cut that these companies are taking, but it is, it is kind of cool. Um, now let's put the focus off me and back on you. Cause you are the guest, not me. Um, <laughs> so, so like, what have been some of let's just say like top three, give us the top three of your sort of favorite trips that you've had in California. I mean, that, that time with Jeff, it's like when we did Shasta, I, I think that if I was ever to look back on starting my blog and think of things that I would never do, Mount Shasta was probably, you know, at the top of that list. <laughs> and uh, when that came together, it was actually my buddy Chris, who was another blogger. Um, he, like, said he'd lead us up there and stuff, and then, like, you know, two weeks, into the, two weeks into the process, he bailed. And so, you know, luckily we had Jeff, the seasoned hiker who could, uh, who could take, take us up. Me and Amy had never even done that type of snow hiking before. So Jeff and um, uh, Moosefish, what was John? Yeah, John? They were like giving us self-arresting, you know, training and stuff and, and everything. I had done a ton of hiking, but never like that type of thing. And so to be able to actually get to the top of that. Um, that was cool. one of the coolest experiences I ever had in California. Um, on top of that, probably driving Pacific Coast Highway is always a favorite of mine. Mm -hmm. I've done that three or four times every single time I do it. There's new things that I find and see and uh, that just an incredible area of California. And in terms of outdoor things, probably um, most some of the stuff is in the Sierra, like you know, hiking to Big Pine uh, Lake. The first mm -hmm. time I saw that glacial you know, water up there is so cool. And first time I did Whitney, another thing I was like not prepared for, but 
you know, I, I, I tried my hardest. I was doing the six pack, you know, I was doing stair steppers at the gym, but to actually accomplish it and be like, wow, I actually did this. You know, that's, that's something that I'll always look back on. Yeah, that's awesome. When you do the, I got a question about the coast highway, since you talked about, you've done that several times. What, like, how long do you take? And are you talking about like, you know, Southern California to the Bay area? Or are you talking about the the whole length all the way up to the Oregon border or what do you, you know, like what does a trip look like for you on the coast highway? Yeah, for sure. I've done the whole thing. So I've gone from Mexico to the Canada before. Um, but the main, when I, when I talk about PCH, that's, that starts in Dana point ends in Leggett. So that basically from Dana point all the way past LA, past, um, San Francisco, you know, all the way up to kind of Leggett. That's high, that's highway one right there. I, I just did that with my dad last year to make one of these road trip videos that we do. And so I, we took seven days to go from Dana point to Leggett. Um, and that's, I mean, there's just, you, you know, you can, you're skipping so many things, even doing it in seven days, but the, just the stuff you can do there is unmatched. I mean, it's hard to think of a, a better drive in the United States, if not even, the world, you know, and then you add on continuing up and going to the Oregon coast and then driving Washington through uh, Olympic National Park. I mean, that this stuff is there's just so much incredible opportunity you have to, to see beauty um, doing that drive, whatever portion you do. Yeah. Um, California, Oregon are amazing. I will say it takes a bit of a dive quality wise once you do hit Washington, mostly because you're <laughs> not really on the I did it on a bicycle. That's kind of, you know, so I kind of. <laughs> That was my experience, you know, so you kind of, yeah, you kind of, to be, I did it in sections and it took us like 12 years, but we did do it, but, you uh, did it though. yeah, we did it, you know, <laughs> but it's funny. We want to go back and rewrite Oregon, you know, and we'd probably love to do Northern California again, but, uh, you know, yeah, I think Washington, you know, we also have weird bad weather, like the first right, we started in Port Angeles and it was 109 degrees and was like a 30 degrees hotter than it had ever been on that day, you know, when recorded. Oh my history. gosh. And we finished and it was 41 degrees <laughs> further down. So like in one day, it was like a, a 60 degree, like, you know, whatever, plus like switch. It was, it was insane. Uh, and then we just rain, you know, everything. And, and yeah, and you're just not on the ocean. You're right. Then you get to Oregon. Once you hit the Oregon coast, the whole thing is ocean. It's so gorgeous. Um, we should point out that PCH, like around Big Sur, is closed uh, south of Big Sur right now. No surprise from anyone that's been in California experiencing the winter. That uh, every that, other year yeah, it closes right. too. It's so sad. Um, it is. But that is. What just, was the best part of the stretch. whole bike trip? What was the best section then? Um, that Big Sur stretch is uh, is definitely up there. Um, what I will say is, if you want to do it on a bicycle, it's obviously pretty hairy on weekends. So we went up, we got up at, we, we did it at, in January, perfect weather in January because it's California, we lucked out, right? And it was like, I think the, the low was, you know, we started out as maybe in the high 50s, which is really good cycling weather, especially if it's hilly. And we started out at like 6.30 in the morning and like, you know, I th we did it on like a Monday morning in January and we didn't see, what, two cars, three cars, that whole two, three hours on the road, you know, almost. So we had it to ourselves. So that was, that was spectacular. I wouldn't want to do it on like a, a busy weekend, like, you know, in summer or spring or fall when there's a lot of traffic on it. Cause I'd be a little hairy. That would be terrifying. Yeah. Like, every time I see a bike person on there, when I'm riding yeah. my car, I'm like, man, that's, that's cool that you could do this, but that scares. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I think like from like uh, half moon Bay to Santa Cruz is really nice. And then, I mean, once you hit, you get up into like point Reyes, like all the way, 
to Astoria in Oregon, minus a little stretch kind of in the middle where you veer at the Lost Coast area mm-hmm. where you're not along the ocean, and that's kind of a scary highway ride. Uh, minus that part, that whole stretch, literally that, like, I don't know, it's, it's a lot, right? Five, six hundred miles or so is all just just, just gorgeous and spectacular and a lot of fun. So, yeah, it was, it was great. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, California, it's just so diverse. I mean, that's one of the things. I mean, when I started setting out to, like, to write, I mean, I didn't even realize there was waterfalls in Southern California. Like, I did, mm-hmm. did not know they existed. Like, I knew they existed in Yosemite and Hawaii and stuff, but I didn't know Southern California had any. Mm-hmm. And to just the, the, to see how much there is in California, I mean, it's, it's incredible. There's so much diversity and mm-hmm. you could have a lifetime worth of experiences here. So besides waterfalls, what have, what have been the biggest surprises from your travels through California? Yeah, just, I mean, just how much, how much you can experience and like how different it is, you know, to go from, Joshua Tree and, and, you know, Anza Borrego, and then, you you know, you drive up and you're in the sequoias with the biggest trees in the world, and you drive into Kings Canyon, and there's waterfalls and just incredible beauty, and you go to Yosemite, and then you head up to Lassen, and there's green geothermal areas, you know, and then you can go off the coast of California, and we have islands and the beach, and you drive 395, and there's hot springs. I mean, like, I, I think to me, it's like, I, that's what, what I always try to say when I'm, when I'm talking about what I do is like, I don't want anybody to travel through me. It's like, I want to show you that there's so many cool things that you don't have to travel far for. I mean, if you live in California, you're probably 45 minutes away from something incredible, like wherever you are. And so to think that you have to like, that travel is this hard, expensive thing. It's like, it doesn't have to be, um, you just kind of have to, to look a little bit, you know, to, to find it. And that's one of the things that California has showed me more than anything is like the incredible amount of experiences I can have within an hour of my house that I just would never have thought existed. So California way overpriced, but worth it. Yeah, uh, true. It's like, it's a, it's a crazy place, but man, it's, it's hard. I mean, we travel a lot of the United States now and it's, it's hard to find the sheer beauty that you can find anywhere else, you know? No, I love that it's a good reminder because I feel like a lot of people give California a bad rap just because of the cities and it's so urban, but there's so many nature outdoor opportunities to your point, like no matter where you are. Um, and it's pretty close. There's a lot of very close to nature opportunities that people don't really know about. So I love that you are bringing awareness and sharing that. hundred percent. And if you get these, if you get people out there and they, you know, go do a hike or something and they see a waterfall in California, I mean, it's like you would hope that that would encourage them to do more and to to protect these places because you know the more people we have excited about them hopefully the more people will want to protect them you know for future generations and stuff as well have you seen uh since covid an increased you know amount of traffic and you know people out you know exploring some of these same places I would say, yeah, for sure. There was, there definitely kind of, especially in the very beginning, you know, when everything started opening back up again, you could just tell, you know, everybody was, was stir crazy and they were ready to, to charge out and to um, experience the world again. And definitely with all the flying I've been doing, I mean, I remember pre COVID, I would almost never even have like a middle seat taken on the flights. Cause I fly, you know, off times and stuff, even like Southwest. And it's like, man, I'm never in a flight that doesn't, isn't full anymore. And you know, these hikes you're going on, if you're not there in the mornings, if you're on there on the weekends, I mean, there's people everywhere and stuff and it's good. It's good. And, and bad, you know, it's, it's fun to have those things, places to yourself, but it's good to see people out enjoying them as well. You know, 
Is it true? I got a question for you. Is it true that you have been called like the the new Huel Hauser? That's one of the most most uh, most repeated comments I get for sure um, is is about me being the new Huel Hauser. And the one of the coolest things that I got to do in the last you know five or seven years was they were putting on an art show in Irvine um, at the the Great Park, the one that has like the you know the big the old um, marine air balloon you can yeah. go up yeah. yeah and they they were working with chapman who has a lot of the archival yeah. stuff and they they did a huel hauser um exhibit there and so they had some of his work and everything and then they invited me to be in the exhibit so i had a, a wall um in the exhibit that was kind of like the you know the new huel hauser kind of thing where i could talk to display some of my stuff and they had me do like a talk there and stuff and um that was you know one of the coolest um, things that anybody's ever done for me to put me in like any or near the category of, you know, <laughs> this, this great California explorer and stuff. And, and so I'm always honored anytime anybody says anything like that, because, um, I mean, he, he was just so cheery and happy yeah. about life and happy about travels and getting people out. And I wish I was half as cheery as he is, <laughs> but you know, I, I do, I do have the same vision of yeah. just kind of showing california and how cool it is and helping people you know see the good in it well i totally get it you're so nice you have such like a likable presence kind of like he did you know and and it's like it's kind of hard you know especially a lot of, i don't know a lot of us like I, people like me who are more of like sardonic and smart assy like you, you couldn't do it right you couldn't it would come off as ironic i mean this is a huge i'm paying you a huge compliment by the way it's very hard i appreciate Hewell's it. ability to like go up to people and ask really the dumbest question ever and, <laughs> yeah. and then act or either genuinely be or be able to seem genuinely fascinated by what you know their answer was quite incredible we should do you want to give a little background on Huel Hauser because obviously we are all intimate and everyone and most Californians especially native or people who lived here a long time know who he is but I'm certain people outside of California don't that would be amazing yeah <laughs> I was him for Halloween one year by the way I was Huel Hauser for Halloween one year so no way <laughs> yeah I stayed in Wait, character pull up. that should be the, the yeah. thumbnail for this uh yeah. this, this clip this it, it was it was pre uh cell phone so thankfully no no images uh. exist but you know short <laughs> yeah, shorts I mean, and a microphone and I stayed in character all night so that's amazing you know. and as as a filmmaker too the fact that he would yeah. make 30 minute episodes and not edit them yeah and people still watch them it's like it's incredible <laughs> no right <laughs> There's yeah. no editing. Basically, yeah. he just toured California. He um, had a show that was it was on public broadcast. The, yep. the show, I think, yeah, yeah, um, called California Gold, and he would go around different places and talk to people that were doing unique things. Like he would literally go to the Griffith Observatory, and then like the next week, he would be like driving down the five, and he'd like see someone have a like a lake at their house, and he'd stop and like knock on the door to like interview them <laughs> about. You know what what it is that they like about their house or whatever i mean he was but he's just so happy yeah. and excited about everything um look up california gold on youtube yeah uh, you can find a lot of this stuff on there still and and it's it's great yeah uh, I think he was right. an ex-marine so now, he was like an ex-marine as well and like from alabama so he had like a really i remember there was a, the, a little bit of a twang yeah, yeah. getting the accent yeah. was the big part of getting him down you know <laughs> getting get the hook into his uh impersonation you know all right so so josh how many um well i i don't your youtube channels you have videos they're not really episodes per se right so how many yeah. videos do you have up on youtube I want to compare that with the number of episodes of California Gold there are out there. Oh man, I got it on on my 
I have two channels. So my first channel, I have, a, let's see, I have 432 videos. on 432. It says on California through my lens. So there you go. So 432 plus 121. So, uh, uh, ah, five, yeah. so, so there were 443 episodes of California gold with I passed Toolhouser. Wow. Well, it. but you know what? <laughs> he, he did have like, he had that other show. It was like Cal the road trip or it was some other version of that show. So I wonder if no. that, includes all of those episodes uh as well because it, yeah, it, it went from california's goal to something else so there might have been like i think it was like road trip it was actually called like california road trip or something like that too so something like that yeah but uh either way you're in hollow you're on hollowed ground and hallowed terror you know territory by uh you know being walking in the footsteps of Hulhauser and you know oh, i agree i mean and that's the funny thing too is like how many people watched him like you know, you, that comment is, comes up all, I mean, obviously the, the, probably the newer generation younger than me isn't as familiar, but like myself and, and older, it's like Huel Hauser was something that you watched. Like he was, oh, just, yeah. he's on and you watched him, you know? And so everybody kind of knew who he was. And now they run it at like, I think on KCT, which is one of the, or, or the KOC, one of the two LA PBS stations, they air it like two episodes back to back at like 7 p.m. on weeknights. And yeah. you know, I mean, can't tell you how many times, you know, it's like, well, Jeopardy's over. What am I going to watch? Oh, I bet Huel's on, you know, so you, you yeah, switch exactly. over, you know, um, you know, um, it, it, and it's super fun. <laughs> no, I, I love it. I love, I mean, I love that, that comparison. It's so cool. So, I mean, and I, I like to me, it's like the, there's so much negativity in the world that like all like I don't care about it. I don't have any time to be negative about anything that I experience. If I don't if I hate something, I just don't include it in what I'm writing about or the videos I'm doing. And and I, I think that there's like the more positivity we can have the better. And Huel was definitely a leader of positivity. So I'm if I'm at least half as positive as him, you know, that's a good a good step in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I would just recommend to like listeners to like go go to California through my lens or, or and his other. If you want to just find things to do and just watch his videos, they're they're so great, you know. So I mean, it's, I it's such, it. yeah, no, of course, it's so fun. I mean, I you know, I I I've gone down wormholes on your site many you know several <laughs> times. You know, you're just like oh, you know, you're like you're done, and they're like okay, yeah, I do want to watch ten Southern California waterfalls. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like all right, you know. It's like, you know, what, yeah. wait a minute. Wait, what is this Stop festival the of lights? Yeah, wait a minute. Waterfalls what is this festival in Southern California? No. Come on. Yeah. That's the most hilarious one is these like two hour videos I make on these channels. The yeah. amount of people comments that are like, I don't plan. I didn't plan to watch this. Like, yeah. I didn't have time to watch this, you know. Got sucked in. Yeah. Yeah. So, Josh. How do you decide? How do you decide? You know what your next trip is, what your next plan is, like what the next destination is, and based on the map on your website, it feels like you've covered a lot of places. So, like, what is still what is there left to explore, and how do you decide? Yeah, I mean, California is hard because we have I've done so much um, over the state. Now it's kind of like I'm basically just doing it all again because I have a two year old twins and so um you know i'm doing some more of the family travel a little bit with like i kind of have three different buckets like i'll do a trip by myself do a trip with my dad or i'll do you know a trip with the family and so uh, it's been fun like i was in point Reyes for you know five days or whatever with grad and airbnb we took the kids up there and did and i've done point Reyes a hundred times mm -hmm. but 
to see it through their eyes, to see them running through the, the, the cypress tree tunnel and to see the elephant seals, you know, at least, at least for me now, there's an actual reason to do things over again, which I was struggling to have previously. Um, and now I can do it, man. I wasn't doing video when I started. So five or seven years in before I started doing video. And so I go back to places that I haven't been, um, you know, to make a videos and, um, that kind of keeps me, keeps me going. And then for the outside of California thing, I'm just really, really interested in road trips and telling kind of in the Route 66 video, I talk about kind of adding to the global knowledge of a place. So it's like Route 66 in June of 2018, pre-COVID. It's like there, you'll never be able to experience that again. And so to me, I create videos for myself and I, I love being able to have these experiences with my dad when you know, he passes on at some point in time, I'll be able to watch them again. But I also like being able to add to like the global knowledge of a place like Route 66. It's like that, that one time is that one, you'll be able to experience that like watching the video and then the, you never can have that experience again. And so when I'm thinking of things that I want to show, it's like Pacific Coast Highway or Route 66 or the loneliest road, or I've, I want to drive the Great River Road, which is entirety of the Mississippi River, because all these things kind of help to, to encourage people to explore, but also to, to capture a place at a, at a time that it was in, if that kind of makes sense with how I'm talking. <laughs> no, no, that's great. Now, now I'm going to do Jeff and Severia's favorite thing and nerd out on some camera stuff a little bit. You know, now, now that you, <laughs> you, know, you are yeah, a filmmaker, let's do it. Yeah, like, what sure. are you, what are you shooting with? You know, like what, what kind of, what's your setup? You know, how are you capturing? You know, are you using a gimbal? Or are you doing tripod? I mean, let, let, you know, yeah, drone. Yeah, drone. Like, what's GoPro. happening? GoPro. Yeah, I'm the low, the the most low key filmmaker ever. I never put, I never use a gimbal. I basically just handheld everything. I have a Sony A7 IV mm -hmm. now. I basically just shoot with Sony. I've shot with Sony for like five years now. Um, and the the active in body stabilization is so good now. I barely, I mean, like I, I'm used to holding it with my handheld, but I mean, it's, it's good enough that I don't ever use a gimbal for anything. And I have a, a 16 to 34, I think that's what it is. 35 probably. Yeah. 16 to 35 F2.8. And I basically nice. never comes off my camera. I shoot basically everything with that. I'll have a 24 to 105 that I just have in my bag all the time in case I need to get a zoomed in shot. But I mean, I basically am simple. I have mm -hmm. my camera, I have the same lens that I use, and sometimes I use a mic if it's windy. <laughs> so most of the time I don't. Uh, I'll use my iPhone to shoot stuff if I don't want to bring out my camera and I just kind of put it all together. But I love the art of, of photography, but I found that anything that I do that kind of adds to the um, difficulty for me just is not fun so like setting up a gimbal i bought one and it's like i never used it because i never wanted to set it up <laughs> yeah i do have a drone i have the little tiny one it's like um it's dji mini yeah. mini three or something like the really tiny one i yeah. love that because it's so easy to throw in my backpack you know if i'm going somewhere um and so i use that that's basically my entire kit nice that's no and what now what percentage of shooting like video versus photography yeah i mean i would trips. say that like with with the youtube thing it's it's on it's good and bad in that like i'm basically like my income and things that i do all come through youtube so um feeding the youtube content 
beast is is kind of my business now um but i mean i still take pictures of everything that i do for myself and uh for blog posts or i mean i'll, I'll sit and i'll do photography just for fun if i'm shooting the sunset or whatever but basically like the main thing i do is video i'm just scrolling through your videos and it's kind of neat you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean it's it's been so weird to like just the way that 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 kind of uh, we're getting so off track on like outdoor related things so hopefully people are interested in this but i mean it's like the way that video connects with people because i mean we have ai and all of these different things i mean the ai can write a better blog post than me now but there is that kind of you you know it's like watching hillhauser it's like you didn't watch hillhauser because he was this great editor that had these flashy cuts and everything. You watched him because he, he was a storyteller. You felt connected to him. You enjoyed his personality and you enjoyed what he brought to it. And I think for me, it's trying to, to through the video, it's like, you know, trying to just, just make a beautiful, tell a beautiful story, connect with people because in, in this world of artificial intelligence, it's like the, there's the personal connection is, is so much more important. So. Mm -hmm. So I'm looking at one here, and I see you went to Philippe's. Do you? Where do you stand on the that's Philippe's a old, That's an old Kohl's? school one right there. Yeah, Coles <laughs> or Philippe's? Who invented the French dip sandwich? I know, right? I can't yeah. say that. I'll be, I'll be thrown under the bus if I, it doesn't matter which one I say. Right. I will say I've gone to Philippe's a lot more. Okay. I, I like the – I mean, I used to, to know the people there and stuff, and yeah. I used to go there all the time. I was actually, after hiking uh, the Griffith Traverse, I was planning on going to Philippe's, but my buddy wanted to get – salt and straw and down in the arts district and so we went to the that sausage place so we're worse worse i always yeah, that's, worse good. Yeah, that's good so yeah. i was planning on going to fleep so that's 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 my jam i love that place yeah <laughs> i i gotta be i go to cole's more i like them both it's like it's like okay. Okay, you know but I, I you know i maybe believe Philippe's more but i like cole's a little better mostly because i like to decide how much you know how much au jus is on my sandwich, you know, and Philippe's dips it for you. So, you know, that's fair enough. I can see that. Yeah, I need to have I, both I of them like right next to each yeah. other so I can have a bite of each. Cause then I can, you know, get that fly. Then I can decide which yeah. one is the best. And for the record, all you LA haters, if you like French dip sandwiches, <laughs> that was invented in Los Angeles. So yeah, exactly. by one of two places that have both been around for like over a hundred years. So yeah. <laughs> constantly fighting for it. Yeah. <laughs> LA. I mean, LA is a culinary Mecca, man. There's yeah. so much good food in LA. It's just insane how much, I mean, that, that sausage place that I went to, you can eat a rattlesnake and rabbit. rabbit sausage I've there. had it. Yeah. Where else can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, so that place is, there's a couple locations now, at least two. I know the one in Venice and the original one in downtown, but the only thing they, they only have like three things, beer, sausage and then double deep fried um belgian like uh, Fr uh french fries you know like whatever fried in like duck fat that's like the only thing they serve you know and they have of course like 200 beers or 100 beers so there's a lot of selection and a bunch of different types of sausage but it is quite good <laughs> like when and out and when you do in and out when you yeah. do well you only got to do a couple things yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly just do it right <laughs> I would say, for the record, I had Whataburger when I was in Texas because everybody, you know, tries to say that Whataburger's like in and out. They're nowhere near no. each other. Whataburger is a is Burger Burger King, basically. It was fine. Yeah. Well, I didn't dislike it, but it's not it's not in and out quality burger. I think those of us that kind of grew up on it and whatever, it's just like you can't match it. Like I've had that. I've had Dicks up in Washington. Like whenever they're, you know, obviously Five Guys. I've had like all the ones that are compared to in and out and none of them are as good to, to me i don't know if that's just my homer la-ness or, or what but you know we just alienated the texas crowd too yeah right <laughs> <laughs>
I gotta say, I'm not a big fan of In-N-Out. It's uh, it's yeah. fine. Boo. You know? Boo. Stay in Oregon. Stay in Oregon. <laughs> you're not There's... welcome here anymore. <laughs> in and out its own thing. Like you're in the mood for an In-N-Out burger. Yeah. Right. It's not yeah. like you're not in the mood for a burger. You're in the mood for In-N-Out. Like it's its own category. Yeah. Yeah. I, like, yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. We we do have Shake Shacks now here in LA, and I do like that every once in a while for a change. But the only fast food I ever eat, except maybe on a road trip, is uh, is In and Out, you know. And I allow myself once a week, you know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Josh, what are your on trail snacks? We talked about like post hike. Oh you know, man, that's a good question. What is your your go tos for on trail or yeah, on adventure? No. I should say. I'm pretty. I'm pretty. Uh boring i just get like those trail mix packs from costco like, the big box that has like peanuts and like m&ms in it and stuff i'll get that i um i really like those those peanut butter perfect bars have you had those before no. like yeah. refrigerated yeah, ones. yeah yeah they're like the pro i actually bought one today yeah <laughs> yeah i love i love those things i'll eat yeah. like i'd eat them at the house which is bad horrible for you probably but you know i like that on the trail and then i'm like a big fan of the like liquid iv stuff so i'm always rocking that too i like the flavor of it um mm -hmm. for like a hydration mix so those are probably like my my go-to plus like anything that's like a cookie or you know because then i can eat anything i want when i'm on the trail you know <laughs> yeah all right, so what about road trip? You and your dad are in the car, and like, what's in the middle console? Like, what is your road trip snack as you guys are cruising in between barbecue places? Oh my gosh, well, on this trip, we didn't eat anything because you eat one barbecue meal like that, <laughs> and you just, you fast for the rest of the day. You know, we were doing like one of those a day, and it's like, the you should see these plates. I mean, it's like, it's just insane. Like, I know I get called out for, on YouTube all the time for like, eating unhealthy food so i'm sure this is going to be a fantastic <laughs> video for the comments yeah. um but we're we're actually i go to mcdonald's all the time as a road trip because i don't i don't really eat there but like the one dollar unsweetened teas i'm like a huge sucker for unsweetened iced tea so like i'm literally at mcdonald's like every time i pass one it's like okay i can get a one dollar large unsweetened iced tea there so that's that's always in the center console for me um and then on top of that i mean i don't i mean we uh, the good thing about the road trip videos is that like people want to see like the unique food that's in a place. And so most of the time, like we're not really snacking because we've like, you know, a lot of the, the trips actually do revolve around different places that we're eating. Um, and so that definitely is, is uh, not, doesn't lead to a lot of snacking. <laughs> now, now just kind of out of curiosity, do you get any help or, or any collaboration with like visit California or any like the more local tourism boards? Do you reach out to them? Is that have you given up on that? Do they help? What's your relationship with that side? Uh, short answer: No, yeah. I don't. Yeah, um, I used to work with a lot of tourism boards um, back in the day, especially like when I was doing the blog and stuff. Um, I went on a lot of press trips and things like that. Nowadays, I just kind of do it all myself. I'm I'm incredibly blessed to be in a situation where like the work that I do. do through the videos and advertising and stuff pays for the trips that I go on. And to me, there's a lot, it's a lot easier for like me to tell the story that I want to tell when I don't have anybody telling me where I need to go. And so, um, that's, that's a very blessed position that most people are not able to be in. And I don't like even take that like lightly at all, but it does allow me to be able, if I want to tell a story in a certain way, then I don't have to necessarily work with a, a tourism board that might have a different, different version of, 
what they would want me to see and stuff. So I will, I will work with, with them. Um, but it's not very often anymore these days. I'll work with like one-off places a lot more than that. Like I'll like, you know, if there's some cool, like, you know, art scene or something, like I'll connect with like the art, you know, the artist or whatever to see that or, or, um, you know, if like my friends had like a hotel that they were working with that they created, it was like a glamping hotel. And so it's like, I'll work with them. Um, but that's kind of where it's at right now. Have you had, well, like, what is the weirdest or scariest experience you've had on any of your, your trips or travels? Mm, man, that's a good one. We've tried to put ourselves in like weird situations now because of it makes for good videos. So like my dad and I went to this, like the haunted clown motel and Oh yeah. Tonopah, oh, the one Tonopah, in Nevada. Nevada. Nevada yeah. Yeah. Tonopah. 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 Yeah. And so like we did that. No, thank you. I got my EMF reader. I was like, we went to the, to the you know, checking for ghost readings and stuff, yeah. you know, and luckily there was no ghosts, but at least that we found. Yeah. Um, I would say that we most of the uh, things have gone pretty smoothly. I haven't had anything like super crazy. I, I'd say the weirdest thing for me now is like that we get recognized when we're traveling because like I would have never thought that that was something that would ever happen. But I mean, like we're at me and my dad were at the Alamo in Texas and it's like people came up to talk to my dad, you know, about the things that we're doing and the amount that like people will know about, you know, our lives and stuff. Like my, my wife got stopped at the TSA by the TSA agent when, she was flying somewhere and it was like, Hey, I watch your YouTube videos. Like how are the twins and stuff? Yeah. And it's like, it's super nice. It's super cool that people are connected, but I mean, it's definitely not something that you would ever expect. And so that's, it's, it's a unique experience yeah. <laughs> when traveling. How do you, how are you, how, how do you handle that? Cause I, I, you know, that's that happened to me, obviously, you know, obviously from the aforementioned movie, you know, yeah. when all of a sudden people start coming up you and recognizing you and it's not an easy thing at first to kind of, figure out how to deal no. with it. yeah yeah no it's super i mean and, um, it's like always got me on my game now because i'm like you know i'll be sitting there and something i'm like oh and someone will come up and talk to me i'm like i hope i wasn't like picking my nose or yeah. <laughs> you know doing something <laughs> weird while someone was looking at me and stuff but, i mean i'm like to Scowling. me it's like yeah as i'm sure you know it's like there's no greater honor in, in the yeah. world than that someone like likes my work enough to even know who i am or to even yeah. want to come talk to me so i mean i i can't even I'm like blown away that that ever happens and it's incredibly cool. So I, I can't even imagine though being someone like Justin Bieber and you can't walk out your front door. It's like, that would be horrible. <laughs> you know. Well, Jeff, yeah, a, Jeff almost can't hike in Southern California. I was going to say, like when we first started hiking together, I was definitely the one getting recognized more, but from, from like after a few years after the movie, it was definitely him. So uh, yeah. Jeff is the king of Southern California hiking, man. If <laughs> yes. you go on one of the six pack trails, he probably wouldn't make it to the summit before it got dark with how many people would want to yeah, say, I don't yeah, it's, it's fine. It's That's fun why he moved. To... That's why he moved. That's why he left. See everyone like, you chased. Much of a celebrity. Good, chased good right job, out. LA. You chased. Jeff out of California. <laughs> so, Severi, what is it like to not be famous? No, I'm kidding. Right? <laughs> What's it like to be able to like go get coffee and not? No, I'm kidding. I'm oh, I, I totally kid. I'm kidding. Uh, I think there's a sweet spot, you know, with this, yeah. right? Like, there's a sweet spot where it's like kind of nice, you know, to get that recognition and realize that, like you said, Josh, people appreciate the work that you do and uh, you know want to have a conversation with you. On the other extreme, like you mentioned, you know, Justin Bieber or something like that. That's crazy stuff. You know, it's like, I don't, nobody wants that. Really, mm -hmm. I don't think. Um, but, um, you know, like, 
you know, having some some people who, you know, a community that r- loves what you do and wants to recognize you for, that's great. That's yeah. awesome. The fact that anybody cares about what you create is <laughs> yes, just the most exactly. amazing feeling in the world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I mean, and I felt the same when I met Jeff. It's like, shoot, I was, I, you know, I was following Jeff's blog and stuff, and it was like, and I, I get to meet the guy who created the six pack of peaks, and, you know, and I was following and stuff. It's like, it's cool. So I've been in that position too, and I, and yeah. I think it's, you know, just absolutely amazing to like have anyone care. That's mm-hmm. that's what it comes down to, you know. Yeah. And Jason, just because I don't talk about it, doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no. wow. Wow. Humble, hashtag humble brag. Oh, <laughs> hashtag I'll meet you at the Meisner. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, some people don't have to toot their own horn, right? Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> so Josh, you've got the you've got California through my lens, and then you've got just through my lens. Is that the other channel that you're with the yeah. road trips or yeah awesome all right so um what are the best ways for people to like check out your stuff where can they find out more about what you're up to and uh, you know yeah uh, i mean find I'm, you online i guess youtube right basically youtube i mean i wish i would could say that i was good at like keeping up with anything else but it's definitely a, a full-time job making youtube videos um so that's probably the best place to, to connect with me. I mean, I have Instagram and TikTok and, you know, all that stuff. But um, I'm the most consistent with YouTube um, for sure. And the, if you go to YouTube, like, you can link to any of the um, – the, they're all – all the links and stuff are there. Because on Through My Lens, it's like Through My Lens was taken everywhere. So it's like Through My Lens Co. and, and like, all the other social channels and stuff. But, I mean, people, like – you know, commenting on YouTube is like, I'm always reading all of those comments and seeing how much people hate all the different things that I do, you know? And <laughs> <laughs> so but I, I'm always there. So that's always, you can write a comment. Guarantee I'll probably see it. So <laughs> what would you say is the ratio of like, you know, nice to like love mean, and hate. Yeah. On your comment <laughs> section. Oh man. Back, back in the day when I started, like, and my stuff was not as professional, I would say it was like, 70 30 like to hate like it was pretty significant yeah. people were like getting creative with like how their comments and stuff that they would come up with and everything now that it's like moved more into like more professional i would say for like the things that i create it's it's way way less it's probably like you know 98 percent to like two percent and like most of the time like the attacks are on like the place they're not on like me specifically yeah. i'll still get those if i like pronounce something wrong like if i have a video where i pronounce something wrong there's guaranteed to be like five thousand comments about how much of an idiot i am because i mispronounced that thing but like most of the comments will be like you know like this city is horrible or whatever like why would you go there kind of thing more than like actual hate comments but <laughs> back in the day i'll tell you the greatest comment i ever got like sure. that i mean that didn't the, you know, gotta love the trolls every once in a while because the, there was a video where it was my wife and I, and my wife's, you know, this pretty, pretty blonde girl and everything. And I'm, you know, this big burly dude. And literally the comment said, um, 
Be <laughs> beautiful girl, ugly dude, don't violate the trademark for Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> so, I mean, there was a lot of me comments back in the day that weren't nice, but yeah. at least that one I was like, I was dying laughing when that came in. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's good you're not yeah. taking him to heart because it is funny. It is amazing. Like, you, you remember that, but how many nice ones do you remember? You know, it's just kind of human nature to remember the the cruel ones and, and you know not the <laughs> not all the nice ones you know for sure you take the criticism instead of the, the yeah. all the compliments right yeah <laughs> but yeah i mean that that's where i'm at and i mean i'm always trying to to produce i'm always trying to hike and everything so i mean if anybody has suggestions of anywhere i should go like hiking and you know i've been trying to find like really unique hikes outside of california since i've done so many in california so that's been cool. We did like Precipice Trail in like Acadia last fall, which was something that I never seen anybody talk about. And that trail is just like incredible. Like, have you done that one, Jeff? I feel like that would be. I, I have not. No. I have do you not know, been Do there. you know what it is? Well, no. I, know, I know where it is. I mean, Maine. I know it's in Maine. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Acadia, okay. So look this myself. look this yeah. one up before after the, uh, they yeah. compare it to like Half Dome and stuff, which is like a, a bad comparison, but it's definitely like a crazy hike that you could do in the in a national park it's like a uh maybe a half mile or something to get to the top but it's you know a thousand feet in a half mile and it's like on like iron rung stairs on like the side of like a rock cliff so it's like you're literally like Ooh, you know you wow. go up and it's like you climb this ladder and then you like walk across this ledge with like you know 175 feet of exposure and it's a three foot ledge and then you climb another iron rung ladder that's like knocked into the the rock on the side of the hill and everything um you that know so it's scary. like trying to yeah yeah but it's in it's just right in the national park and everybody's doing it you know it's yeah. like it's like angel's landing or something yeah um so like trying to find really cool outdoor play, things like that i'm always you know super excited about too what's next where are we gonna go next Next road. Yeah, trip. I'm actually going to um, live in Alaska for the month of July. Oh, cool! Whoa. Where, where in Alaska? Yeah. Uh, we're just gonna we're gonna base in Anchorage mm -hmm. and then kind of branch out, go yeah. out from there. I had this like goal of visiting all the national parks, and so I um, obviously Alaska has these like super remote and difficult mm -hmm. ones to, to do. Yeah. So uh, we figured like, oh, I got to be there for like a whole month. And so my dad and I are actually going to drive to Alaska from Southern California so that oh, we cool. can do a bunch of, you know, mm -hmm. road trip videos on the way, um, going up the Alaska highway and stuff. And then my family and my wife and kids and stuff will fly in and they'll be in Alaska with me. And um, we're going to do a bunch of stuff up there. So I got a, a camping permit for Katmai where the bears, yeah, the, bear the fish thing, jump sure. in the bear's mouth and stuff. Yeah. And so it's going to be a, hopefully it'll be a good adventure. Well, we can watch your channel and uh, follow along with your adventures. Maybe you'll inspire some of, uh, some of our listeners to go yeah. take a trip up there. <laughs> are Alaska. You, are you doing the, uh, the flight, the, the gates of the Arctic? And then is it, uh, Oh, the, the one that starts with a K. Are you going to do the flight where you hit both? Cobook, in a day? Cobook, Cobook Valley. Yes. Cobook yeah. Valley. Are you going to do the, the two, two for one mm -hmm. on that one? Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a bummer because it's like, are you look at those? I mean, I'm sure you, cause you, you did a video up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And Gates of the Arctic. Yeah. 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 So it's like, you look at trying to get to like Cobook and Gates of the Arctic and it's like, okay, you can hire a plane that will just drop you off 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like you just survive yeah. until they pick you up. Yeah, or, no, it's like... And I was trying to think of like what people would actually like if, if you're going to visit this park, which obviously most people aren't, but a lot of people are interested in visiting all the national parks. So it's like, what's the average person going to do? And it's like, well, they're probably going to do this this flight tour where you land for yeah. you know 45 minutes in in the two parks. And so that's why I figured I would I would do to at least show people what it was like if that was something that they wanted to do. You know, I, yeah. I'm not. I need Jeff with me if I'm going to be seven days in the middle of nowhere. I need somebody to keep me alive, like him or something. <laughs> Some, somebody that you can outrun when the bear chase. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, absolutely. No, it is neat up there though. Um, I, a lot of like for the at least for for Gates, it's it's the rivers as usually or trekking. Our friend Adam Trek did a pretty cool trek across there too. So, but uh, yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, there's no trails. It's not like hiking here. You know, there's no whatever. So you just, <laughs> you know what I mean? They they drop yeah. you off, and then a couple weeks later, it's like be here. <laughs> you know, they pick you up. You know, choose so your own adventure. Yeah, and it's water landing too. So you're gonna get to do that. That's kind of fun. Are you going out of yeah. Bettles? You no, know, I was gonna go out of like. This the one with the K on like the oh, uh, Kotzebue. side. Yeah, Kotzebue. Yeah, yeah. yeah cool. Yeah, yeah. because um, that was like the easiest one to get to from Anchorage. It's like yeah. they had the Alaska Air flights up there and everything. Yeah. Nice. Well, you'll enjoy. What it. was your What was your movie on that? I don't think I, I remember you doing it, but I don't think I ever saw it. I can look it up. Uh, that one's called No Attack: Return to the Arctic. So okay, is yeah. where can I watch it at? That's just on the like the Mirror Project Vimeo page, so it's it's okay. out there. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. And and the and they actually the behind the scenes of that is out now too. So that one that so and kind of like mile mile and a half is the behind the scenes for the ten minute movie we were planning on making. The 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 behind the scenes on No Attack is is longer than No Attack. So, but oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> if you weren't oh. selling your photography, they both screened at that Switchback Showcase. Uh, um we're, we're, yeah no we're, i, I yeah. They, they, that was there yeah, oh, yeah. No, i was out in the lobby the whole i know time. i don't even know what i got to I missed yeah experience, absolutely <laughs> and you missed a whole speech from jeff jeff gave like a good uh half hour uh presentation you missed a lot of good stuff man you know? y'all just stuck me in the lobby i didn't get to see right? all the cool stuff i know well you didn't have to buy it well, but you didn't have to buy a ticket so yeah. <laughs> that's true that's true but i didn't get to experience it so i mean shoot. Yeah. <laughs> no <laughs> that, that was a cool event yeah. i can't fun. believe like how many yeah. cool people were there and meeting yeah. a lot of people and so that was, that was awesome but yeah, yeah so the four it's only 14 minutes is what you're saying and then the behind yeah. the scenes is longer it's like 17 or something like that yeah yeah all right sweet yeah. i'm gonna watch that i'll watch this after this yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'll send yeah. you all my gates of the arctic questions yeah no absolutely yeah it's it's a it's a pretty amazing place it's really beautiful so you know and again it's kind of one of those neat places that not a lot of people get to see just because it's so hard you know so hard to get to and so remote you know <laughs> yeah i mean that's why when i started planning alaska stuff i'm like man you like i don't know how anyone would do this it's like you have to be if you want to see like the seven ray parks there it's like you basically have to be there for an extended period yeah. of time because it's so difficult to even get in between each of them you know well another challenge and i hope this doesn't affect your trip because i'm excited to see the video my, your video myself um <laughs> they the those bush planes won't fly if there's no visibility so mm. if there's like low low clouds or storm systems come through they won't do it or if there's too much smoke in the air so you can get you know i like bettles which is where i flew out of was backed up like days because they had both fires and they had like a storm system come through so wow. you know they couldn't see it and you know um you know so there were people and there were a bunch of people who were doing the 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 two you know doing the, the what you're doing just out of bettles 
Um, you know, and some of them, you know, I think thought they were going to be there for two days and like three or four days later, they're still waiting, you know, Dang. waiting for their All flights. Right, I got to build like that into my schedule. I didn't even yeah, think Yeah, yeah. Give yourself some. not work out. Yeah. Give yourself a couple days of extra like time buffer just in case, you know. I've got a, a another episode of the Almost There Adventure podcast for you to listen to before you go to right. Alaska. And that's okay. episode 50 with Scott Jones. Okay. Scott, uh, he has visited all of the national park units, not mm-hmm. just national park, but like, uh, you know, the yeah. monuments, monuments, historic and, sites, uh, like yeah, all, all of, of that. Yeah. And he had some interesting stories about, you know, you taking the bush planes out to see gates of the Arctic and all yeah. of that. Oh so, man, no, I got to listen to it. Episode 50. Mm-hmm. Yep. Almost. All right. Cool. Yeah, your first right, your first float float plane experience is definitely. Uh, <laughs> you're like, is there enough room for us to take off? You know, <laughs> but, wow. but man, those things they shoot up super quick. They're like those little those planes are like really powerful. So it's. Kind I of was crazy wondering if I could even fit in those planes too. Like, well, I did, it, and I've met you, so you're fine. Piece? You'll be fine. Um, it is. I'm not gonna pretend that it's comfortable. You know, you definitely. Uh, they're, you know, just like commercial air is not made for guys our size. Uh, yeah, yeah. Those planes are even less made for guys our size. So, good, but, but you'll good. make it. You'll get in there, you know. All right, good. Yeah. I'll make it. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about that. But I'm also like, man, it's a lot of it's a lot of planning. Try to try to figure all that one out. So we'll, we'll hope it all works out. <laughs> I'm sure it will, man. And I can't wait to see the video. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, this has been a, a, a lot of fun to chat with you and catch up. It's been a while since, uh, it's been a minute, I think, since we uh, got together. So it's been great to for us. Thank, you know, I'm glad that we have Zoom on this side because at least we get to you know, see each other while we're talking. I know even though our audience doesn't get to see that. So it's great to see you. Um, great to have you on the show. Uh, sounds like you've got some really cool stuff going on in the this, the coming months and we'll watch your YouTube channel just to be able to follow along and live vicariously through you and hopefully be inspired by your adventures. So um, thanks Josh for being on the show. Yeah. yeah great to talk to you. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, I love all the stuff that y- y'all do and everything. And so it's an honor to, to be asked to be on it. Well, that's going to do it for us. Please make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on social media on Instagram at almost there underscore AP or the almost there adventure podcast on Facebook. If you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash ATAP. You can find Severia at adventure us women. That's adventure us women, Jeff at the SoCal hiker or me at the Muir project. Our title track, Almost There, is performed by Opus Orange and is provided courtesy of Emoto. For more information about this episode and all of our others, you can check out our show notes on our website, almostthereadventurepodcast.com. On our next episode, we have an epic adventure couple, Kristen and Vile. As always, thanks for listening.